This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. What if Ramir Johnson had caught that pass? I think that's the question that everybody is asking themselves that watch Nebraska Illinois. Well, maybe not the Illinois people, maybe not the random spectators, but the Nebraska fans for sure are wondering how things play out if Ramir Johnson catches that pass or if Casey Thompson slightly leads him on that pass. So it's a little bit easier of a catch. But that's just not how things work for Nebraska football with all the momentum in the world and a nine to six lead. The Huskers unable to seize the opportunity right in front of them. And everything fell apart shortly thereafter, leading to a 26 to nine loss that somehow felt both closer and further apart than the actual score. And to break all of that down, today's guest on the Sunday side session, Caleb Henry. From KLIN, the sports director, the uh, programming director over there. Is that right, Caleb? Did I just make that up? Did I make a new title for you? Assistant programming director. Okay. Well, I'll, we're I'll just the PD. Like, if you want to promote me right now, I'll take it and we can let my bosses know. But yeah, for right now, APD still. Just play them the start of this podcast, except <laughs> skip everything up until where I introduce you. And then, you know, they'll be convinced that you are the programming director. Oh, for sure. It's just like last night's game. You want to play it up to a certain point and then kind of skip the rest because then things started to really go downhill. Yeah, I mean, it It felt um, – last week was really interesting because I was hearing just from different people involved over there, like the real sense of optimism. Like they liked their game plan. They felt like they had some areas where they could attack Illinois, where they could be successful. Um and you get into that game, and two things kind of stood out. One, after the first drive, Nebraska's defense rebounded pretty well, were playing well. Mm-hmm. And two, there was opportunities down the field. I mean, that first drive for Nebraska, one, kind of the best use of Anthony Grant all day, and then they might as well have just put him on the shelf after that. <laughs> and then two, if you go to that three-pass sequence after that long run, You know, Trey Palmer was there, bad throw out of bounds. That throw over the middle, it looked like he could have went Trey Palmer there and and Mm -hmm. it would have been an available play for him. And then there's a miscommunication on the interception. But to me on the replay, if he looks at Travis Vokalek, he's got him pretty well open over the middle where maybe he has to break a tackle to get that first down. Mm -hmm. But if nothing else, it seemed like a much safer throw. Uh, It's just like 
you look at that sequence, it ends in an interception, which takes points off the board. At this point, I feel like Timmy Bleakroad's pretty automatic inside of 45 yards, and yeah. that would have been right around 45 yards. Uh, I just – I think I understand why they were optimistic. They thought they were going to have some one-on-one opportunities, and frankly, Casey just didn't make some throws in that situation. So then you move through the rest of, of kind of the first half, and Nebraska, again, just – the defense hanging in there, the offense showing a little bit. Uh, you get the you get the field goal, then you end up getting the touchdown, and that comes on a on a well designed play that that basically Travis Vokalex ending he gets open, he uh, shakes a guy, and he kind of rumbles for what was one of the more interesting <laughs> touchdowns uh, that we've had this season, and and then they get that stop, and you're just thinking they could really do this. Like you get up two scores against Illinois and you show the ability to, to kind of move the ball on a defense set at that point, Nebraska is putting up yards on them where it looked like they were going to really mess mm-hmm. up defensive rankings for the next yeah. week in college football. And it all just kind of falls apart. Caleb, what did you see in that first half? Well, there was obviously through most of the first half, we saw kind of a shaky Casey Thompson, like yeah. for, for everything that was going well, Take away his very last pass where where he gets injured, he gets blown up, it flutters downfield, it's intercepted. Take that away. He's seven for 14 with one interception. Like that that alone right there was they were still in this game and Casey Thompson was not playing well. Right. He was, there was missed reads, just missing guys when he did throw it to him. Um, the Ramir Johnson one, when you go back to that, the, the what if, because Nebraska's in a different situation whether it's Casey leading him a little bit more or Amir Johnson just holding on to it. Nebraska's in a different situation two plays later yep. than where Casey got blown up. Now, he still could have gotten hurt at some point in this game. Like, that's that's just the game of football. But that really illustrated what Casey Thompson was going through through that game anyway. He was not on, and Nebraska was still in it. But then when you take him away... There was nothing for the for the, yeah. the game plan to to go past Casey Thompson. Um, you, you see Trey Palmer end up with one catch for one yard, and I don't think that had a lot to do with Illinois taking him away. Like like you said, there were times he was he was open coming across the middle. He actually should have gotten the ball like thrown to him three consecutive plays in a row early on, and just never got the ball to him. Never never sometimes wasn't looking his way. Sometimes just a miscommunication on where to go up the sideline. The defense played well enough to win. That's such that's so much of the weird thing that you got into a, a truly run attack team. And yeah, their quarterback completed 10 straight passes to start the game. Um, but Nebraska was holding Illinois in check because they were playing even with them. And as a matter of fact, we're playing ahead of Illinois. So there, there were some things that you expected the offense to play better. And you didn't expect the defense to play quite this well. And you got both of those things. But as soon as Casey Thompson was gone, that was the ball game. Like it, it got to halftime. And I saw some of the, the Illinois writers saying, man, really need to really need to tack on some points here before we get to halftime and Nebraska gets the ball. And I was thinking, you guys don't have to score again. <laughs> like if, if what we saw through like two plays with Logan Smothers was that's what we were going to see for the offense the rest of the way. Then they come out with Chubba Purdy. And I was thinking, well, if that's your backup, what are you going to do? And Mickey Joseph said at halftime, it's because they thought they wanted to do some option. Then they thought they needed to throw to get back in the game. And I was like, if you guys just move the ball, you're, you'll be okay. 
no matter how you move it. So that's its own controversy now. What's going on at quarterback? Yeah, well, and then can you actually game plan for success with either of these guys, I guess, mm-hmm. is, is a big-term question. We'll get to that in a second. So the, the Casey Thompson thing, and I, I have two parts to this, and the first is going to be a rant. If you follow sports writers on Twitter and you want to engage with with live games that are happening, you should definitely have your tweets coming in in chronological order. So that <laughs> yes. way that way, three hours after I tweet that the offensive line is playing well, I'm not getting like bombarded with people telling me that Casey Thompson got hurt because of the offensive line, you know, at six o'clock at night when that was a tweet at 3.30. So let's let's start there. But the the thing about it was early in that game, Casey was clean. Like he had time on those throws, like the mm-hmm. one throw out of bounds down by the end zone. I mean, that one was he had time on that throw. The throw over the middle, they got batted up in the air. That The first one that looked like he was going to get picked off. He had time on that throw. He had time on the throw to uh, to Ramir Johnson. I mean, he, he could have gotten that out a little bit earlier, and, and it would have been fine. I know there's somebody bearing down at the end there. But up until when he got rocked, and they had a they had a nice stunt and a nice blitz going at the same time that just opened the, the middle of Nebraska's line like it was a Red Sea. And... <laughs> You know, he was just standing right there ready to get annihilated. They had done a nice job protecting him at that point. And then you go to Chubba Purdy in the second half. And I I enjoyed the, uh, the Chubba experience in the spring game. But when we saw him against Oklahoma, that told me everything I needed to know about his ability to come in in a short-term situation and provide adequate quarterback play. Like, he's not near ready. To, to be in that situation and certainly not against a defense as good as what Illinois has out there. And it, it really spirals uh, with that. So I guess it, it leads to this question. Can Mark Whipple call a game plan for Logan Smothers? Because of the two of them, Smothers looks more capable of handling the most. I mean, we saw him against Iowa last year at least looked like he can handle the moment mm-hmm. Chubba Purdy both times Oklahoma and now Illinois and I understand if over those games the defense was getting after him a little bit just does not look comfortable at all when he like he he can't stay in the pocket he has to be on the move and then when he's on the move it's not like his accuracy improves in either mm-hmm. so I, I am fascinated by what happens if they're forced to make a decision with one of these guys. I mean, we don't we don't fully know the status of Casey Thompson, uh, but it doesn't seem likely that he's going to be available here anytime soon. So um, you got Minnesota coming in. They just shut down Rutgers. That defense is playing well. Mm-hmm. How do you even begin to, to put a game plan together for either one of these guys, Caleb? Well, first of all, you got to figure out which quarterback you're going to go with. Um, did you notice the way Illinois changed their defense as soon as Casey Thompson was gone? They were no longer well, playing someone in like punt coverage safety. Right. Nope. It it just became well, we can just sit on top of them. Yeah, it went. We can get up and play right up against all of the receivers and pin our ears back and come after the quarterback because none of these guys are a threat to to beat us. And what that does is that took away Logan Smothers' ability to run the ball, and it took away. Chubba Purdy had some nice escapability, but the rest of the moment is there. There was a really well-designed screenplay, 
and he like panic threw it out to the flat and, and missed everything. And it was like, man, all you had to do was take yep. a breath, get yep. the ball out there. I know that's a lot easier said than done when there's like a, a top, no, the number one or top three defense in the country who knows that they can pin their ears back, but that's what you're there to do. So now going forward, how do you game plan? Do you think that you can beat Minnesota with more of an option game? Well, then you got to go with Logan Smothers, but I've had concerns and we just haven't seen it a whole lot since, uh, well, we got to go with what we've seen. We saw the spring game and we saw last year. Logan Smothers just doesn't throw the ball well. And then Chubba Purdy, the moment felt too big for him the couple of times that we've seen him. He can run a little bit and it, man, is he smart using that slide. Like that's one of the things that he does well because you don't see it in college football that much. Right, right. Um, and you, you're not used to seeing it, especially when you just had an option quarterback in. And then this other guy comes in and slides. They're like, okay, what the heck? So 15 free yards there. But my other question, I know in post game it was asked about Richard Torres and Mickey Joseph says he's not ready. I wouldn't expect him to be ready. So that was absolutely the right answer. Where, where's Heinrich Harburg? To me, he's got the best arm of any quarterback that they have. But because we haven't heard from him, is he is he ready? Is he up to what the what the play calling is? Does he know the playbook? Can can he handle the situation? So you go through. You have for the first time in several years a plethora of options, but it doesn't seem like any of them are close to what Casey Thompson brought you, and and that's an issue. You you saw you saw other teams go to their backup quarterbacks yesterday and beat ranked opponents. Like we're, we're in Nebraska doesn't have that same level of quarterback development over the last several years. Well, the the somewhat alarming thing is the idea that Chubba Purdy and Casey Thompson were ever in a competition to begin with. We knew it wasn't a competition, right? But this idea, like Chubba Purdy, has started games. Like he started games for Florida State. Like it, yeah, it should look better than what it did on Saturday. And, and I don't know if, if so much of that is a credit to Illinois or what, but I mean, watching him against Oklahoma, I had the same feeling. Like he just seems like he's not remotely comfortable. And I mean, as we saw against Indiana, he probably has no reason to be comfortable given the offensive line, but maybe it looks just, different if he's, maybe it looks different. Cause I know they've been saying he's preparing as if he's the starter. Maybe it looks different where he is preparing as the starter, not as if he's the starter. Yeah. And he's, and, there, and he's there from the opening kickoff as opposed to going, hey, grab your helmet. You got to get in there. Sure. Um, it's still a little bit stunning, though, to mm-hmm. me. Like, oh, I, yeah. I, I definitely felt like Nebraska was in a solid situation entering the year that, okay, if it doesn't go well with Casey Thompson, you've got a guy at Shovel Purdy that has experience, and you can at least go to that. And then if that's not going well, then you can kitchen sink it with Logan Smothers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I already am opting towards the kitchen sink at this point which is really difficult because i don't think nebraska is set up to have the kind of long drives with, that you're probably going to need with a logan smothers like they're such a big play oriented offense at this mm-hmm. point that the idea of a quarterback that can pick you up six yard chunks all the way down the field and you're not going to have a holding penalty and you're not going to have a false start you're not going to be at a third and 12 where you know this quarterback with the arm strength that you sometimes wonder if he's even got a 15 yard out in him Mm-hmm. Um, if, if he can do that, but that's, that's kind of where I'm at with it. If Nebraska is going to win another game. And that's sort of the other part of this whole equation is if Casey Thompson's done, they clearly don't run the offense through Anthony Grant and he, he was effective 
and would just disappear for large stretches. It was like I was watching Diedrich Mills back there against uh, <laughs> Minnesota in 2020. Like, oh, 22-yard run. We're going to put you on the shelf for uh, the next seven plays. Yeah. Well, and that we'll was a Minnesota team. That. that Minnesota team was also at that time giving up like six yards a run. Right. Well, on the course of the year. So it was like, all right, that entire game plan didn't make sense then. Right. And now you get a Minnesota team here, and you can look at common opponents and see that Minnesota played them better than Nebraska has. Like, And then you add on the top, add on the fact that you don't know what's going to happen with the quarterback situation. Um, man, that, that, that just adds everything to be concerned about this week, whereas this felt like 24 hours ago. Like, okay, see what happens against Illinois, but Minnesota is a – that's a very winnable game. It yeah, feels it, less so this morning. It, it felt like there was an opportunity to get one and one out of these next two games. Yeah. Which is kind of absurd because Illinois is ranked. But watching that <laughs> Illinois team, and, and they are having a great season, and I don't want to take anything away from it. It's hard for me to think of them waking up today as going to be a top 12 team in the country. But that's what they're going to be ranked based on the results of what we've seen so far. Because they're they're solid. Yeah, but they are just really equipped to, to take advantage of a down Big Ten West right now. Like they have a solid mm-hmm. defense, a quarterback that doesn't put the ball in bad spots, and a running back that they can just volume it with. Because nothing they really did yesterday was super impressive. I mean, maybe from the defensive side, but honestly, the first interception was the most impressive of all of them. Mm-hmm. The the first Casey Tom or the second Casey Thompson one was a ball that's fluttering up in the air like a punt. The the Chuba Purdy interception, which we haven't even talked about, <laughs> was two plays before I lean over to brunch. I'm like, they might as well just kick the field goal now, or they're probably not putting points on the board. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, Chubby Chuba rolls out, and I'm thinking, just throw it away. Like there's nothing there, just throw it away. And I don't know who he thought he saw but he throws this sort of crossbody laser directly at Sidney Brown. Like, yeah, really doesn't get a lot easier on that interception. And then the Anthony Grant fumble is just like, he's he's being picked up, carried in the air as he loses a ball. And there's like Chubba Purdy and seven Illinois guys. I wonder who's going to end up with the ball on that one. Yeah, it was that, that Purdy interception. If it's not picked off there, it's probably picked off by the next line of Illinois defensive backs. <laughs> Yeah. Because your receiver was nowhere close to the trajectory right. of that ball. So that, right. that was one that you just go back and it's how big is the moment? You thought you had something because Illinois, a non-contact fumble, just hands you the ball in field goal range. So you're thinking, all right, there's a chance for points. You can get back into this. All you got to do is get points and everyone starts to feel better about themselves. Instead of going two up, you went eight back. Yep. And it's just like, what in the world is going on? Um, and I, yeah, Anthony Grant should probably hold on to the ball. But also, if I got a Division One dude holding me up in the air, I'm probably letting go of that football too. Like, like when, when you're in that position, it's probably much easier said than done that that guy's trying to suplex you and you're going to hold on to the football. Well, and I don't even know. I, I, I don't remember. Did like a helmet or a shoulder pad like jostle the ball? Yeah, his arm got off. hit. Like, yeah. So it's it's one of those things where I couldn't remember another fumble from Anthony Grant so far this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's probably one in there, but I don't – I can't think of it. And then I just – you know, Nebraska got one takeaway on the day. Illinois got four. And the different narrative of how 
those affected the game. You essentially have that interception at the beginning that takes away the opportunity for three points. Mm -hmm. You have the interception from Chubbuck Purdy that takes away the opportunity for three points. You have the interception that knocks Casey Thompson out of the game, which they score a touchdown off of. Yep. So that's a 13-point difference right there. And then the fumble from, from Anthony Grant is basically gives them another field goal. Like there's 16 points that, you know, one way or the other sort of swing the outcome of things for Nebraska. And it's just like they are, and this is what I mean. It's like they're somehow closer in this game than what it seems on the score. And yet when you really look at it after that interception and injury to Casey Thompson, they were never in the game again. No. And then you, I mean, the difference and they were the leading game, at that point. Yes. They, they were <laughs> leading. And that that's one of the things that, Remember a, a week ago, all of the discussion was, well, Nebraska was playing from behind. That's why they, they didn't need to worry about time of possession, just needed to worry about scoring. You were winning and in a good position and up nine to six. And you had the you had the possibility of adding on to that. And the difference in the game was 17 points, and you just laid out the 16 point swing right. based entirely on the turnovers in the game. Um, so you you look at all that and how do you game plan for Minnesota now? I think you have to, like, we don't know what's going to happen with Casey Thompson. And let's say even if he is healthy, he wasn't playing great. Yeah, I don't think you can play him the next two weeks. I no, I, like, he, he already wasn't playing great. And then if it, that's the throwing hand, long-term, you're not going to want to do something with him. My concern going forward is now late 2021. Logan Smothers still has a redshirt ability. And I know he gets the extra COVID year, so it's like he already redshirted. But he doesn't look like he's going to be an NFL guy and as, as an option quarterback who doesn't throw the ball at, at an elite level. Um, so for him long-term and probably your program, whoever the next coach is, however they want to use him, it's probably best to try to get that red shirt to Logan Smothers. You didn't have that ability a year ago because you didn't have the quarterback depth and you had to go to him. So it's probably going to be Chubba Purdy time. And again, I don't know where Harburg has been in all of this because we don't see any of the players and we don't see any of the uh, other assistant coaches anymore. So going forward, I, I think you just have to plan for it being Chubba Purdy and you hope for the best and you hope that he he grows into the moment, which is a really hard thing to say when you're two-thirds of the way through your season. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, and then the difficult part is they aren't set up where it's like, okay, we have our backup quarterback in. Will Howard's in for Kansas State. Deuce Vaughn's going to have a big game here. Yeah. Like we we got to give it to Deuce Vaughn. 
they don't do that. Like it, and it's it's not that Anthony Grant can't carry the ball. He had thirty some carries earlier this year. They're just not set up to be successful enough with their offensive line. To mm-hmm. do that. Now, maybe against Minnesota because you know that Minnesota is going to play this game relatively close. Like we saw, Mo Ibrahim had another eight hundred carries against Rutgers. <laughs> uh, I think he had two thousand yards in that game, so not a great average on his eight hundred carries there, but. That's that's how they're going to play. You're getting another game style similar with a little bit worse of a defense. So if Nebraska feels like this is a week where they want to try to load it up and they're going to try to play field position with Brian Buschini and Anthony Grant and Chubba Purdy, because frankly, Chubba hasn't shown you that you can be real comfortable with him just slinging it. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you try to do that and you try to outplay Minnesota at their own game, but Man, that is just such a tough ask. And then what that does is it eliminates your big difference maker in Trey Palmer. Mm-hmm. Like we, you know, we talked about him at the beginning, but this was a guy we we're going through on the tailgate show. We were going through the record book and, <laughs> and where he might be after one game. Well, turns out one catch, one yard isn't gonna isn't gonna get him inside the top ten there. So yeah, there's well, four games to go, and he'd what have to? He's over seven hundred, right? He's over, he's like at 790. Okay. So if he averages 50 yards over the next, each game for the next four, he'll basically be at 990 yards. I don't think he will, And he'll step in. Yeah, well. I don't I, I don't think he, he can't get 50 yards a game without Casey Thompson at quarterback. <laughs> as a team or for Trey Palmer? Because I think both could be correct. Well, I was saying as Trey Palmer, I think they'll, they'll just because Travis Vokalek is big enough and, um, someone we didn't even mention, uh, Chancellor Brewington getting the ball on a tight end screen. Uh, and, something we haven't even mentioned, a successful screen in Nebraska football history. I know. Um, and then he looked like once he has the ball, he was like, who can I go hit? I'm like, dude, you're not blocking. <laughs> like, as soon as he had the ball, it, it, it was very, like, water boy. Yeah, he was not comfortable now? in the open field running a football. <laughs> and I was like, didn't you play wide receiver? No, he, just, he, he's used to tight spaces. I get it. It was almost like he wanted to fumble the ball to someone just so he could hit them, which, which is a, a very weird feeling out of a ball carrier with a yeah. with a really good positive play on offense. But so Nebraska's tight ends overall can still be difference makers, I believe, whoever your quarterback is, because it's all play design. The Travis Wokolek yeah. touchdown was an unbalanced line, and nobody loves an unbalanced line as much as Mark Whipple does to call plays. So going forward. When you do game plan for Minnesota or you game plan the, the the final four games this year, it's going to have to be offensive creativity and putting those guys in the best position to be successful. Maybe they didn't they didn't game plan at all for Illinois for the fact that Casey Thompson wouldn't be in there. So maybe the playbook looks a little bit different with Chubba Purdy back there or if it is Logan Smothers. Obviously, you have to reel back a lot of that big play, the big playability where it's, man, Palmer's down there somewhere. Like you, you have to reel all of that in, but the hard part about that is, like you said, you can't get a consistent run game out of your offensive line. And I, I do think they should have continued to try to get the ball to Anthony Grant, whether it was a couple of runs. Sometimes he runs too lateral for my liking, but you still have to get him the ball and give him a chance. And Nebraska just didn't really give him a chance over the course of four quarters. Can you game plan to do that? Get Ramir Johnson the ball a lot more and not just – well, he was out there for for three plays, and we missed him on one pass, and we handed it off to him another time. Like, you have to be dedicated to getting these these other playmakers the ball, 
if your big play ability with Trey Palmer is now gone because you don't have the same quarterback that can get the ball 40 yards downfield in the air. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it'll be very interesting. Uh, the press conferences this week are going to be pretty interesting because I think there's going to be a lot of questions both Tuesday and Thursday that I'll, we don't know what the status of Mickey is going to be going forward. It's going to be real hard to become the the full-time head coach if you don't have Casey Thompson over these next four games. Yeah, that's its, can, that's its own conversation. Yeah. Like, what, what, what does yesterday mean for Mickey Joseph's potential as the next head coach? Right. And I, I said this on the, on the Husker 24 seven message board. And I know people don't love it for me. It was another data point. Uh, it certainly doesn't help his case uh, that, that you don't have Casey Thompson, that you don't have this win that you could have had against Illinois. That would have really sort of been a, a potential difference maker for you. But I, I have said before where I'm sort of at the point where if Trev wants to go this route, I don't know that the wins and losses with assistant coaches and players that Mickey probably would move on Mm -hmm. from is going to determine that. It would be other stuff that's happening away from our eyes that would sort of determine it. And that's not an answer that anybody likes. And it's not a super fulfilling answer for me to give either. And and I've said this in the past, like I, I viewed Mickey as the favorite to land the job. He isn't necessarily my top choice. Mm-hmm. But that didn't really change out of Saturday either. Like, I I don't look at that and think that there was a, a terrible job coaching. I sort of look at it like Nebraska just continues to be a mess. And so at some point, do you just sort of step away from almost everything and just start over and have someone else take a look at this, fresh eyes, all of that? Like, that was sort of the feeling that I had right. uh, both during the game and then driving home where it's just like, how many times do we have to watch a Nebraska team look at it, an opportunity, see it, recognize it, almost get their hands on it, and then never do anything with it? I yeah. mean, it's it is a perpetual Charlie Brown trying to kick a football is Nebraska football right now, and it is a tough spot to be in. And so I could sort of see we're just starting over, uh, and starting over in a way that you know if you keep a couple assistant coaches, but just sort of starting with a new leadership structure entirely might be necessary as this thing just feels so, so resigned to failure. Like all mm-hmm. of it. that's part of what made Mickey fresh in, in the early part of October is that it felt like he didn't have that attitude. And I don't think he does, but man, breaking out of this, uh, this funk has been such an issue for Nebraska. Yeah. I, I said it before the, Overall, the wins and losses to me are not going to impact the decision that Trev Alberts makes. And um, I think the the losses have zero impact on Mickey Joseph's um, attempt at this job. The wins help him a little bit because you get a good feeling from wins. Now, it's all of the other things. If we look at yesterday in particular, not knowing what you were going to do if Casey Thompson was out. like that That's one of the things. It's okay. You have to make a decision and go with it. And it felt like that decision kind of sputtered into halftime and then you came out with Chubba Purdy and you didn't try to go back to Logan Smothers. And so that decision there, you also had a a penalty on a second down where you stopped the quarterback at or just behind the line of scrimmage. And it still would have been a third and long, but you took the penalty. And and so it's, it's, there's a lot of decision-making things that I believe add into the data points more so than necessarily the wins and the losses. I, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. I think that you can see things in there that you can sort of determine like, okay, is, 
how much time is he going to need to sort of work those kinks out mm-hmm. to work out the the game strategy of all of it? Well, he's so. he's learning to be a head coach, you know, and, and that's one of the things that those particular decisions um, you got into the fourth quarter and it was a fourth and five and on your your own 25 or wherever. And Mickey elected to to bring out the punt team. Well, then you saw Illinois run off the next six minutes of clock and rightfully so used a timeout, got the ball back, gave himself a chance. But in the moment I was thinking, you know what Illinois run game is. And in those six minutes, by the way, Illinois didn't even get to midfield. (laughs) They were going to run off the last night. If they could have picked up a first down, they were going to run off the last nine minutes of clock, which is, which is a Brett Bielema dream you know, have the ball with the lead and just run out the entire quarter. So in my head, when I saw fourth and five, yeah, you're already in field goal range for them. That was the part to say, well, we're down. Well, they were down 14 at the time. Right. No, they were down 17 Um, to go. This is the desperation moment that we're down three scores. It doesn't matter how far backed up we are. This is where you have to go for it. And if you don't get it, that's the game. And then you play it out from there rather than punt it. Illinois is not necessarily backed way up. And then they run off six minutes of clock. And then the game is over, even though you get it back, because there's no way with two timeouts, you're going to be able to score three times in three minutes. So it's just, it's a lot of the the learning part of it. And, yeah, that's much easier said than done, but giving yourself a chance, knowing the the time and the situation on when you can go for that. And maybe it's a lot of us as the Madden generation that goes that that looks at that that time and says, This is when I'm gonna go for it because we don't have a lot of consequences with the job if we don't get it on a fourth sure. or five on our own twenty-five. You're still um, gonna have the controller at the end of it. Yeah, we're we're still going like no one's gonna take that away from me. I can just start a new dynasty if I want. <laughs> Whereas for for Mickey Joseph, obviously that's not the same thing. So I, I recognize that the, the, that decision is much harder. But still, if you're looking at where you're at in the game to give yourself a chance to win, that was one of the decisions that you could have made differently. And even yeah. if it goes wrong and they get a field goal, you're still down three scores. Yep. The the cynic in me basically wonders if he was like everyone else and just wanted to get the hell out of there after watching his offense on the field. So. Oh the, yeah, that, the, that, that's the other part of it. When you got to that point in the game, there was no chance your offense was actually going to score the score three times. Right. But from a head coach standpoint, you're trying to get reps. Yeah, for, from a head coach standpoint, if you because you can't teach that situation in in practice, you know that mm-hmm. guys were backed up fourth and five down three scores. You got to have it. What is the play you go to? Even with a backup quarterback. Those are things that you you don't get those live reps against a different defense, against a top five defense. So I thought that was a potential opportunity missed there. And it's just, he's learning on the job. So you give him a little bit of leeway here and there, but then you also try to weigh that into the head coaching search a little bit. Who are some coaches that have had power five experience, have had multiple stops that aren't in that same learning position in their career? Not to say that Mickey Joseph if he got the job, he might be successful with it, bringing different coordinators, um, how recruiting would look. There's still the opportunity that things could look good, but all we have to base off of for him as a head coach is what he's doing as an interim. Right. Um, with players that aren't his, which with a coaching staff that isn't his, it's not fair to him, but it's all we have. Yeah. 
Well, and it's it works the same way. I mean, when it's successful, is it him or is it you know taking advantage <laughs> of the schedule? It does. He gets a lot uh, of credit when it goes right. Well. And so it's just basically you know it's it's the real coach syndrome. I mean, you get the credit, you get the blame. That's yeah. how it works. And and I think he understands that. And uh, we'll see how that plays out. Caleb, appreciate your time here on a Sunday morning. Anytime, anytime. I enjoy waking up, uh, grabbing <laughs> grabbing some some coffee, and coming in here. Well, that's 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 very appreciative. I, I'd probably take advantage of it again. Uh, enjoy your Big Macs. I know that was a big part of your your Saturday. Oh, get like me my some, burgers. They Jeez. were taken away from you, but then you got them back anyways. <laughs> uh, so Nebraska coming through, McDonald's for everyone. All right, be sure to check out Husker247.com. Plenty of coverage from the Illinois game. We'll have plenty of coverage leading up to Minnesota. Big visit weekend, so a lot of recruiting as well. And plan to have some updates throughout Sunday and Monday, uh, catching up with some of the guys that were in town. So be sure to check out all of that at Husker 24-7. We'll be back this week with a couple podcasts. Of course, the Husker 24-7 podcast and the Husker 24-7 Hypecast on Thursday. So check out all of that, and we will catch you next Sunday with another edition of the Sunday Side Session. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.